It was Google Pixel Day, Google Event Day. We did the stream, the live stream, and actually you can go back and watch it on the Unbox Therapy channel if you want a little companion to to watch the uh, well all the happenings of the event. It showcase a, a few new devices, a few new features in the software that are going to roll out to other devices. Uh, something stood out to me, and it actually stood out to others as well, and it was around the Google Pixel 5. We were really curious about what the construction, the build material was going to be on the Pixel 5. We knew it was going to be plastic on the 4a 5G. It had been plastic on the 4a and the budget models. But here, with the Pixel 5, we were looking at uh, $700, bucks, 699 and so the assumption was that some other material was going to be in use. Then we saw the colors. Then we saw the speckling. Then Google went on to tell us that the device is going to have both wireless charging and reverse wireless charging, at which point I had to scratch my chin. Yes. Because yeah. normally you're not doing wireless charging through anything metallic. You're not doing wireless charging through, through aluminum. But then they seem to imply it was some sort of aluminum. It's also got the the weather component. Yeah. We don't know for sure how they've done this. Is there a section near, say, uh, the charging region that is carved out from the metallic portion to allow for a pass-through? Is that possible? It's possible. But then what's it filled in with because it looks so seamless? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, many people have questions either way. I think it's interesting that this year, if you want any color other than white or black, you have to go for the premium model. There's no fun at the other models. Mm. I do like the green that they went with. Also, we were struggling to figure out which a type of green it was. We got the official name afterwards. So just to put it all to rest and Yeah, we got called out. Hard. So everyone can take a deep can take a breath. Yeah. It's sage, sorta sage, which they love putting the the sorta piece in there all the time. But yeah, we're going to have to wait and take a look at this thing. I'm sure there's going to be teardowns and people can find out, or I'm, we're just going to touch it and figure out what it is. And, of course, plop it on the wireless chargers that are around here. I'm a big wireless charging guy. Is it worth the premium price? Maybe not for everyone, but it is a curiosity going forward. Maybe they, they oh, they did say specifically 100% recycled aluminum. Hmm. So how did they do it, Will? Is this uh, some sort of material that we don't know? Some sort of modified aluminum? Yeah, I don't That's think I don't think Google. Both plastic and metal. Okay. Somehow. All right. Then then you got to go in. They go in there and they kind of like scratch it and see. Look, I don't know, but if it is, it would be the first aluminum phone I'm aware of, having having had wireless charging. We see it all the time with glass. We see it all the time with plastic. But the Pixel 5, in my book, it's the first one to bridge. It's the first metallic. Is it the coating? Does the coating somehow change the behaviors? I don't know, yeah. Will. We're going to find out. But they say it's, they say it's aluminum, recycled aluminum. Uh, the next standout thing, I know you're a huge, this is a huge Willie Do moment. Uh, go back one. Maybe you didn't get the other story. Did you skip two ahead? There we go. Uh, no, actually, it was the next one that's a Willy do feature. But this oh, feature okay. is interesting, too. Also came from the event. Extreme battery saver, which is not going to be exclusive to only the new Pixel phones, but will also roll out to the previous Pixel phones via software update. So 
people with old pixels could, could I suppose, uh, celebrate this fact. Now, many manufacturers have some form of battery saving included inside of their OS that they do all kinds of fancy things to sort of uh, trim down the battery consumption. In Google's case, they are claiming 48 hours of operation, Will, on a single charge with the battery saving functionality. So that, well, that would mean, well, you go to bed, you wake up, you use it the whole next day. Because mm. I don't know what you, you maybe it's a camping trip or something like this. Uh -huh. And you're not going to be near an outlet. Uh -huh. And you're not using your phone a lot, but for, for security purposes, you want to have it ready to go if you need it. Yeah. And now you get to 48 hour with the, and so you just click on the extreme battery. Well, this, uh, this extreme battery is going to drop your phone's screen timeout to 30 seconds. It will turn off your work profile. It will allow you to select wh what are your essential apps and those will stay running. Then everything else will get paused. And when paused, no notifications will come via the paused apps. So you can just select the less important apps that you don't aren't going to need to pump through or push through during your battery saving. And then only the handful that are important will refresh and mm -hmm. essentially be using RAM and various other resources. Uh, also, your Wi-Fi and Bluetooth will continue to work, but scanning will be turned off. So your device, device is not going to be looking for other Wi-Fi networks. And also hotspot tethering will stop, but it will be a simple toggle. It's almost like a game mode, mm -hmm. a simple toggle, which in one click can adjust various attributes, which you can customize on your phone in order to extend the battery life. Yeah, that's very useful. The fact that you don't have to think about turning off things. You just tap it and then it's just battery saver mode. And, and, and you couldn't do just one single default because everybody's usages are different. They mm -hmm. may need notifications to come through an app, which is a third-party app they installed, not a stock app, let's say. So yeah. it's you can't just guess. Like in our battery saving mode, this, this, and this happens. Mm -hmm. The person needs to be able to go in there and tweak it as well, which is... Uh, they have to, and, and also, the manufacturers have to make it easy enough and intuitive enough that anyone would want to use it. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen this in the past where you could have a battery saver mode but it's doing things like dimming the screen too much or black and white. And if it's if it doesn't feel, if it feels like it's inhibiting my experience too much, then I don't want to use it and I'm just yep. burning through the battery. So the idea of just pausing all these apps that don't uh, need access or need refreshes in, in that moment, that seems like the right idea. But it's important to note, they're not the first to do this. They're just, it's just rolling out to their devices and maybe the implementation might be a little more slick as it has been in the past with Google compared to potentially other Android makers. So quick question though, do you think it'll replace the battery saver in the settings? Because it already has it on Android, right? Yeah, this is going to be called extreme batteries. It's another level to it. So it would be another like feature. Or maybe a double, maybe two, a separate toggle. Like right. if you click through it, there's now a new option, which is extreme battery saver versus mm -hmm. the standard. I'm, I'm guessing, mm. but apparently it's going to roll out to older pixels as well as of course, it'll ship on these newer pixels. The other feature, other, other standout feature from the phone portion of today's event, uh, something called hold for me, which I guess this is the first time they show this off. They're always doing intuitive things with the assistant. Yes. And this this is kind of in in line with you remember they demoed a while ago assistant making appointments for you yep. and things like that uh this is if you call 
a 1-800 number. Let's say you call because you have a problem with, uh, oh, I don't know, your internet at home. Yeah. And you call and they immediately put you on hold. And it's very annoying. And they immediately hit you with the music. And it's very annoying. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're sitting there thinking, okay, I'll just put the volume up and I'll hopefully walk around and get something done. But yeah. even that's annoying. Yeah, the music is the big one. Yeah, and it's scratchy and it's coming. It's yeah. low quality because of the way it's coming through. And anyway, so this uh, hold for me means that assistant will, in those circumstances, it'll be on. It will. It will do the job of being on hold like a person, so you don't have to sit there and listen to the music and keep it on speakerphone. And then what it will do is it will notify you. The way that it will notify you is with a sound vibration and a notification on the screen. As soon as a representative has started, a human being has started talking on the other end. Hmm. Now, since you're not going to get there right away, assistant will then tell that person to hold because yeah. you're on your way. Put elevator music for them. How about you hold now? Yeah. You got to love it, man. You get to flip the switch. Yeah. I just waited for, uh, and you take your time. You take a minute to get over there. <laughs> <laughs> They'll definitely hang up, so don't do that. But you're gonna have to get there pretty Cat quick. But it's kind of cool, and uh, and certainly this is these are the type of areas where I love when you start thinking about a digital assistant. Yes. You know they made all kinds of promises, but this is a real way. I don't want to sit there at that moment, and if I have something smart enough that can do it for me. Perfect. Mm -hmm. I can go do something I need to get done. Mm -hmm. You go go clean up or, uh, you know, just carry on with my day. So it's kind of like call screening. They're always uh, uh, introducing features like this. And this one is going to become widely available as well. So Great. I would expect to see it on devices outside of the Pixel 5 and 4a, but it's currently available as a preview feature in the U.S. for those devices. But hopefully, like the last feature with the extreme battery saving, it will come to older Pixels as well. And, oh, and you can see as well, it will give you the captions. You will see the mm. captions of what's being said. If you prefer, again, to not have the volume, you can read if there's an update. See that music playing? Your call is important to us. You don't even need to... Mm. Just turn the assistant on as soon as you hit the 1-800 mm -hmm. and don't even worry about it. You love it, Will. Yeah, it's it's great. Will loves these type of features. Screen call. Uh, we, we kind of knew this already, but the iPhone 12 Pro Max is going to be, I guess for the first time, it's going to have some features that are exclusive to it within the model lineup. Now, it's always kind of been the top tier, the high profile model, the aspirational model, the most expensive model. But the only difference up until, well, up until now with the iPhone 12, uh, based on these rumors, it's always just been scale. So a bigger screen, bigger battery. Mm -hmm. That's what Max brought you. But this could, if these rumors are true, this could point at, uh, a move from Apple to to make Max mean more, mm. and and by <laughs> make Max mean more, that's a lot of M's. You gotta max it out. You max it out, and I don't mind the idea. I guess uh, you get more people asking for the Max model, and then spending more money. Uh -huh. 
And so I don't know what those key features are going to be beyond scale. Scale is still there. It's still going to be the biggest, but scale gives you other opportunities from a development standpoint. If we have a bigger phone, maybe we can fit more in there. And then we can start to really take advantage of that uh, max designation. So the features that are said to potentially be exclusive to the iPhone 12 Pro Max model are screen size, we already mentioned, a LiDAR scanner, similar to what you've seen in the recent iPads. Now, the LiDAR scanner could, I know a lot of people are saying the augmented reality stuff is not here yet. What do I care about LiDAR? They may be able to implement it in such a fashion that it can actually help with camera functionality, mm -hmm. autofocus, things like this, it's right. possible. So that could that could be a differentiating factor that they could showcase in a keynote. They say, what the Max model, we're actually using LiDAR to do XYZ in the photo mode. So do you want Max photos? Everyone's like, yeah. Woo! And then probably the biggest one and the most likely to occur, faster 5G. So we've been talking about the millimeter wave stuff supported on certain networks, which increases the cost of a model significantly and also takes up space inside of a model. And so we, I think we reported on this rumor previously, but it's we're further down the road now, getting closer to the launch, and it uh, appears that it's being corroborated even more so that the true fast 5G model will also be the max model. Now, the last piece which I think is maybe the most interesting and has been debated the most hotly is around screen refresh. So originally uh, there was talk way back before we had details that 120 hertz was the thing. 120 hertz, Apple's gonna target it just, I mean, they had it on the iPad, call it ProMotion. All these other manufacturers had moved in that direction, have uh, developed, uh, Samsung has it. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't have 120, many on Android side have 90. Yeah, or Some beyond 144. 144 if you yeah. go into the gaming stuff. So there was a conversation around how important it would be for Apple to adopt this feature. Now, it's important to note on the iOS side, the only exposure that Apple customers would have had to a higher refresh would have been on the iPad, mm -hmm. presumably because they're not playing around with all these Android phones. But I can speak from my personal experience. When I'm playing with the 120, I'm enjoying the 120. Mm -hmm. That's just personal experience. And when I go back is when I, if I go use something that isn't 120, yeah, you can't go back. I notice it even more yeah. than when I first shifted in the first place. So anyway, I don't need to pitch 120 to you. Everybody knows what I think about 120. I do not believe, however, that 120 is necessary for Apple to sell iPhones. Mm -hmm. Apple will sell mm -hmm. iPhones. Mm -hmm. it'd be nice to have but it may or may not happen now the latest piece here is that maybe they could eke out some 120 just on the pro max model right and maybe because one of the possibly one of the things holding them back from launching 120 across the lineup was having the demand met right if apple goes in there's a customer to buy a display they gotta buy a boatload mm-hmm and with all the slowdowns and everything else going on in the world, that might have been difficult. So they could have said, okay, fine. We want you to take all your manpower and just make one 120 display for us. Yeah, it's a nice sample size. Again, this is completely, by the way, rumors. It's still quite possible, even possibly likely, mm -hmm. that what we're really going to see is 60 hertz across the board. Mm -hmm. But that's the last piece that if they do do it, they could do it in the max-only mode.
the Pro Max only mode. So you guys let me know what you think about that. Obviously, the Max designation offers you some space, doesn't it? Yep. It doesn't just apply to scale. Well, neither does Plus, I guess. But Samsung went ultra. Maybe Apple wants to make more of Max. Mm. Make more Max. I'm just trying to pile M's in there. More M's. Now, speaking about Apple, uh, we've been following pretty closely some of the problems around game streaming services on iOS for both iPad, uh, iPad OS and iOS. How Facebook had an issue with them. Microsoft had an issue with them. Obviously, the famous Epic issue, which is kind of separate, but how Apple is tr- really not interested in hosting game streaming apps in the fashion that they're currently constructed. They're they're sitting there saying, yeah, okay, you can come on our platform. Just all you got to do is split up all the games and make yeah. them individually available on the App Store. And then the, the company's like, well, that's kind of not what game streaming is. Yeah. It's kind of not how... That would be like telling Netflix to split up yeah. all of the offerings within the app and sell them individually on the App Store. Like, hey, that's super annoying. That would be insane. not do that? It would be insane and it Apple. would kill the entire concept of the thing. So... Who knows if Apple's going to change? I hope they change. It's a bit unfortunate at the moment that iOS users aren't going to be able to really experience some of these fun game streaming services which are emerging and picking up steam. Now, Stadia had a bit of a a rocky start to things, but Google's a big company, Will, and they're doubling down. They talked about Stadia in today's event. Hmm. You recall? Mm -hmm. It was a topic of conversation. They had Dashy in there. He was playing on a a bench. Yeah, Dashy. Getting all fired up. Well, other streaming services are coming online too, right? Yeah, of course. Like no, no, Amazon and Amazon Nvidia is in, is in there. Yes, thing. yes. Microsoft. It's, yeah. it's the hot new thing, and and so I know a lot of iOS users are wondering: Am I completely left behind, or is there a way? Well, there is a way, and this is it's kind of something that. Well, I'm glad it's there if it's going to be the only thing, but it's also concerning to me that this may be the way people have to experience these streaming services, which is through a browser. And it's a weird workaround, and obviously performance has the potential to suffer. Uh, There's a new app. It's a browser app called Stadium, which allows you to run Stadia through a full-screen, mostly single-page serving browser. It kind of is a browser that you'll have essentially for a single functionality just to pretend that that Stadia works on your iPhone. (laughs) Has some uh, 4.9 stars, 29 rating. So I don't know. Does this... Would this stay up forever? Does is is Apple supportive of this? I don't know, but for in, in the meantime, it works. So here's a report from Lifehacker. We were able to download Stadium and play a couple of games. Our results were mixed. Stadia's interface didn't scale properly to our iPhone's display, and the DualShock 4 controller we used disconnected in the middle of the game. However, from the Reddit comments, it seems like the iPad screen aspect ratio offers a much better experience with multiple users reporting that a workaround, this workaround works perfectly for them. So it's a workaround. Let's not get carried away. It's just a workaround, but it's better than nothing. And uh, maybe Apple will see that so many are interested in using these various game streaming services and they're not necessarily satisfied with Apple's arcade product and they want to do these other things. Right. We'll see what develops over there. Instagram is becoming more Facebook, and Facebook is becoming more Instagram. Are you surprised one bit? No, it's the merging of what is like a parent company 
sister companies. It's all becoming a nice little family. Yeah, Zuckerberg knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. Right? He's like, oh, young people, they're not using Facebook. We buy Instagram. Instagram becomes Facebook. Guess what? They're using Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, this latest merge, it takes DMs from Instagram, which were obviously independent up until now, and, and then just makes them Facebook Messenger. Hmm. So now, if you write a message to somebody on Instagram, DMs, that's going to pop up on their Facebook Messenger. In fact, the button changed to a Messenger icon hmm. on Instagram, I believe. I haven't seen this in my app. Should I check? Has this, Has when is this, is yet? this update fully rolled out? Should I check, Will? Is this a live, should we do a live check on the air? No, I still have, again, I haven't updated this in a while, but I have the old uh, message icon. But apparently it's going to change to uh, to the messenger, the Facebook messenger. There, look, watch, bing. See the difference? Mm. Lightning bolt in a speech bubble. And if, And the other thing that happens here is, Facebook Messenger, apparently, I don't use Facebook Messenger, but apparently had a ton of features that Instagram DMs did not. Mm. And those will now roll out into Instagram, including new stuff like, look at the emoji reactions and the watch party. You can watch something together with a friend huh. and you're messaging and there's bubbles and there's colors. Mm. It's a party. Look at this promo video. Yeah. It's such a party. Weird, because uh, Messenger, uh, it has the ability to use SMS as well. Okay. Like receive it and send it. Okay. I wonder if you can receive SMS in Instagram. Is that how it works? Hey, man, if it goes to your Messenger, I would say it pops up in the DMs as well. Yeah. Because it's a complete, it's a full-out merge. Now, I don't know how people feel about this. I remember in the early days when Facebook started to exert itself on Instagram, people used to get offended. But mm -hmm. now we're so deep. I don't even know if people care anymore. Yeah, We'll see how it goes down. But I suppose for an individual who uses Instagram, doesn't bother with Facebook Messenger, they won't even care because they just got new features inside of their, mm -hmm. in, inside of their messaging app of choice. And they don't have to go use Messenger. And for those that are cross-platform, maybe it makes their life easier. But it goes to show you this the scope and the scale and the ability of a company like Facebook to combine these things right like mm -hmm. when as far as Im imagining a universal chat app let's say mm -hmm. that no matter where the message was typed mm -hmm. it moved across all the various platforms in, in impossibility blackberry was trying to do something on their own on device like merge it all together yeah there were third parties too third parties attempted it but it never really worked out and here we have a rare situation where one company is in charge of two enormous separate social media platforms and they can do it. They just merge it together completely and you can pick up a conversation. You start it on another social media. And I guess WhatsApp is next, right? WhatsApp is next. Yeah. Well done, Willie D. We got a quick update on the New York real estate situation, which you know I find very interesting and I love to track to a certain extent. The idea of... of and I know it's obviously sad, but the idea of an abandoned city, you know, I like to watch those abandoned mall videos. I just would like yeah. to picture a lower capacity city and kind of the eeriness of it. Call me crazy. I don't know what it is. Urban. Uh, I used to go explore in Detroit every so often to kind of. Of what it used to be. 
urban, what do they call that? Urban decay, I'm into that. I'm not saying that New York is decaying, by the way. World-class city, great time. Love New York, no problems there. But, you know, New York has been hit, very, has been hit so specifically, so hard because it's such a unique city, right? Mm -hmm. uh, super tight, packed in, huge reliance on public transport, a lot of restrictions because of uh, pandemic shutdown stuff and tons of offices. Mm. And the offices and the people who work in those offices, they sort of make the city what it is, even though you might be sitting there thinking, well, the dude in the suit, who cares? Mm. Well, the dude in the suit, he goes to the local restaurant, he buys the espresso, he gets the haircut. He's all the little shops. Yeah, he's stimulating the economy. All the little shops that you Everything like around him. are uh, associated with the workforce that's around them, in some cases, I'm reading through this article, some rely up to 90% on the office workers that are nearby in order to operate and exist. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Well, this report here states that about 10% of Manhattan's 2 million office workers have returned to work. 10% of the 2 million. Now, for those office workers, in many cases, if they're in finance, let's say, you know, the companies associated with them, they said, okay, you can work from home, no problem. Mm. But what about the dude in the dry cleaning at the bottom mm -hmm. of the office building? What about the guy with the convenience store on the corner who sells you the beverage? Mm -hmm. What about the coffee shop and the guy who sells the bagels and the guy who's got the street hot dogs? You can't survive for very long if you got 10% of the usual 2 million office workers, yeah. never mind tourism, which is also gone. Mm -hmm. So the whole city is getting transformed right now. And obviously... Uh, there's reason for shutdown, but it, it it's it's to a point where the the situation is kind of catastrophic for those that have had to close completely and figure out a new way of life. And you start to wonder how long you're looking at for a recovery. Now, the reason New York is interesting, as I mentioned, public transport being such a big component and inability to really distance yourself the same way you might in other cities Percentage of workers who have returned to the office, Manhattan is 10%. The United States as a whole is 25 The suburbs of New York, 32%. Dallas is at 40%. And even Los Angeles is up to 32%. You know, the car culture that exists in some other cities creates a little more distance, bigger spaces, bigger real estate. It's their different scenarios mm -hmm. and circumstances. Now, obviously, this is a really polarizing topic. Some people say... Hey, man, where do you cut your losses? At what point is the virus low enough that we can start to take measures, safely take measures to, to get people back in order to, to uplift some of these companies that are right on the fringe? And some, yeah. of these, some people work their lives on these restaurants. Yeah. They invested their lives in these restaurants, Will. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a report in this particular article about a restaurant owner who once employed 55 people, and he's down to six. That's how busy his restaurant used to be from mm -hmm. 55 to 6. So it's a tough topic. It's an interesting topic. And uh, I'm going to be following it. As far as the infection rate in New York, it's now 1.38%. It is lower than it has been for months. And they say the current surge is driven by a handful of neighborhoods in Brooklyn and Queens, not necessarily Manhattan. So people are making a case to try to open up Manhattan a little bit more. I don't know how residents of Manhattan feel. You can let me know down in the comments because I'm curious. Yes, the numbers go up a little bit as you begin to open things back up. But how do you find that balance right. 
without losing everything that's good about your city mm -hmm. and all the people that worked hard for many it could be their life life's work mm -hmm. to put together the businesses that they did and they may not even have a chance to come back regardless i mean if we're being if if yeah. if, if we're if we're fully uh, examining the thing here it the it might be too far gone because mm -hmm. how do you even if at 10% of the workforce right now it is 20 enough 50 enough to hang in there yeah with the rent, like just demanding rent in general, it's a uh, it's a tough choice. I mean, it could take a decade to get back to a hundred, mm -hmm. so a lot are going to be considering cutting their losses. But anyways, shout out to New York. I think New York's gonna bounce back. It's just yeah, a matter of time. Strong. Very cool place, cool people. That's that. Good luck, New York.